Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. When our wives married us, what they wanted from us is us. They wanted to sit down and talk. And I know that sometimes as guys, we feel like we're all talked out. But he says, dwell with your wife, with understanding, and the ability to sometimes just listen, and listen, and listen. You know what I mean? Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our heads and In today's message, Pastor Ed takes a closer look at the qualities of a godly marriage and gives us ways we can honor God in the marriage relationship. This world puts great emphasis on perfection and outward beauty, but God is concerned with what's on the inside. He wants the relationship we have with our spouse to mirror His own characteristics. We are reminded that there are no perfect marriages, but with God's help, there are good marriages that will last through even the toughest times. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. How many have tried to change their spouse? How many have been successful? (laughs) All right, nobody's raising their heads there. You can't hardly change yourself. You're not going to change your spouse. And what Peter is getting at is this. Let God do the work. Concentrate on having a beautiful spirit before God. Now, women are under incredible pressure, and men too, in our culture. I mean, you look at the television, and Miss Universe and Miss America, on and on it goes, Miss America, and you see these perfect models who are strikingly beautiful, and you could compare yourself, women, with those ladies. Or men look at that and say, well, that's the way my wife should be. Guys, did you look at yourself? (laughs) But we live in that culture that puts such a premium on outward physical appearance. And they want you to be perpetually young. So more and more people going for cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery, more and more people just so consumed with perpetually looking like they're 20 years old. And what Peter is saying speaks really to our culture today. Be concerned about an inward beauty. When you look at people that you know, you see beyond the outward appearance and you see them for who they are. Their character, their person. That's what you wind up seeing. I was at Carenut Banquet. It was a great banquet. Deb talked about one of the families that attend our church, and, uh, and they shared about Carmen and Terrence when they had their first child, David. When Carmen was carrying David, they realized something was wrong with his brain. And when he was born, 
It was worse than they thought. And there was a simple procedure that they used to keep... He had other problems, other complications. It was a simple procedure that they could use to keep him alive. And they used it as a common procedure. And the doctors asked Carmen, uh, do you want us to do this procedure? We don't have to do it, and your son will just die over time. And she said, um, I can't do that. God is a giver and taker of life, and, and uh, even if it means it's going to be difficult on us, I want to do all I can. And it was difficult, and it is difficult. He's 21 years old today and doesn't live at home, and they have to take care of him, and they go in and see him, and doesn't always recognize them, can't always express his feelings. And some people said, boy, isn't that something? Why does that happen to you? Why did that happen to you? She said, the real question is, why not? Why, why not happen to me? Christians experience trials just as much as non-Christians. Terrence went on to talk about his wife with me. And he said, you know, every time the kids come home or I come home and we want to share a little bit of gossip we heard that day, share a morsel at the table of something that we heard, Carmen stops us. And she says, wait, you're not going to talk like that. You're not going to gossip in the house. Her children, her husband, sees her through the eyes of experience and they see an inner beauty that she has. I've had women say to me, I want my husband to see me. And they're beautiful women. I want my husband to see me, not for my outward beauty, but for my inward beauty. That inner character. And that's what God is looking for in his daughters. An inner beauty that he sees in them. And Peter's saying, that type of beauty will never fade away. With the passing of youth, and the onset of age, and as the decades go by, when you see a mother in the faith, a grandmother in the faith, you see her as a woman of God. And Peter is making the point there. He goes on and he picks an Old Testament character as an example that we are to follow, that women are to follow. At first, I pondered and said, why did he choose Sarah? In verses 5 to 6. Now, before I go there, I just want Success in marriage is more than finding the right person. It is a matter of being the right person. That's what Peter is getting at. Becoming the person that God wants you to be. That's that inner character. He goes on and he illustrates what this is all about. He talks about Sarah and Abraham. Now, Abraham was the great father of the faithful. He's a great man of faith. We know him for that. He's talked about in the book of Hebrews. And, of course, Genesis uh, spends so much time talking about Abraham, but also about Sarah. And he uses Sarah as an illustration. I want to read the context and look at it very carefully. A lot of times people, when they read the Bible, they don't, understand the context, and they could come up with crazy interpretations. I've seen husbands 
use scripture to beat their wife into submission when it's really not referring to that. You've got to understand the context. You've got to understand what Peter meant to that first century believer. You've got to understand all of that. And then you understand what God is saying in the 21st century. But in verses 5 and 6. For this is the way holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. See, he's going back to that inner beauty that we're talking about. And then he's going back to the previous verses. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. Now, guys, don't go home and ask your wife to call you master. (laughs) What he's saying here is this. You are daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Here's what the text means. Here's what it's referring to. Think about Abraham. Ladies, you live in the Earl of Chaldeas. It's a beautiful town. It's the most progressive. They have running water. They have buildings. And your husband, Abraham, comes home. Sarah, we're moving. Okay, Abraham. When and, and, and where and um, how long is it going to take and, and what is it like? You know, women are detailed, you know, guys. Abraham's reply. I don't know. God told me we're going. I mean, that was a step of faith that she had to take. I mean, she had to say, well, I know that God speaks to Abraham. I know that his life has been changed. And I believe he's hearing from God. So it was a step of faith that she is taking along with her husband. Now, she did not marry a perfect man. There are no perfect men. There was only one. His name was Jesus. Everybody else has feet of clay. So Abraham and Sarah are together. And the story is told a couple of times. Uh, one of the times is in Genesis chapter 20. Abraham has a striking wife. She's very beautiful. And she looks very attractive. And the king, Abimelech, sees her. And in those days, if you like someone else's wife, you could easily send him to the, well the dungeon, cut off his head, he's gone, and then you have his wife, another woman for your harem. So what happens, Abraham realizes that Abimelech is looking at his wife, and he says, Sarah, tell him you're my sister. And that was a half-truth. It was a relationship that they had, uh, and she says, okay. So she goes and says, I'm his sister. And Abraham said, she's my sister. And Abimelech says, great, I'll take her into the harem. Now, Abraham, you're being really courageous at that moment. Am I right? I mean, ladies, how would you feel if your husband did that to you? You know? And so what happens if you read the biblical text? What happens is Abimelech is asleep at night and he has a dream. And God says to him, Abimelech, you're a dead man. Whoa, I mean, that's a text. I'm not exaggerating. You're a dead man. You've touched. You're taking another man's wife. He said, no, no, in the dream. I haven't touched her. I didn't know it. And I thought she was his his sister. Abraham told me that. She told me that. And, and, And God said, that's why I'm letting you live. Send her home. What Peter is saying is, ladies, if you please the Lord... God's going to deal with your husband. And 
Abraham, he wasn't perfect. And yet Sarah respected him. And because of that, together, they became the patriarchs and the matriarch of a nation. Sarah had spiritual children like the sands of the sea and like the stars of the heaven. And Abraham had spiritual children like the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven. He was saying, sometimes, ladies, you get so fearful. My husband's making a mistake here. Now, I'm not saying you can't say something. But sometimes guys get stubborn. You've got to put it at the Lord's feet and say, Lord, help me. And he will. He will. So Peter is saying, women, be careful how you live. Be submissive. Most of all, make sure there's this inner beauty that God sees. A heart that's pure before God. Someone that has that quiet spirit like Jesus did. And like Sarah, treat your husband with respect even when he, well, he doesn't have it all together. Someone has said, love is like a tennis match. You'll never win consistently until you learn to what? Serve. Now, men, my wife's helped me with this, and I'm serious. Uh, Not that she looked over my shoulders with that, but over the years, I've learned a lot of things from Joyce. Husbands, you have the responsibility to honor your wives. Look at verse 3. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as a weaker partner, as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. What he's saying here is this, that women want a house to become a home. Treat them with understanding, with respect. In other words, in some translations, uh, I believe it was the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, and some others, treat them with understanding. It means understand the strengths and weaknesses of your wife. Don't push her buttons all the time. Understand what she likes and what she doesn't like. And, and, underline this one, in your mind, do not compare her with other women. Well, so-and-so, well, his wife, don't go there. Don't even compare her with your mother. You did not marry your mother. The idea is that know how to treat your wife. Guys, we're not in the Middle East somewhere, and I don't know how the Middle East is now, but our wives shouldn't be 10 feet behind us. Come on, come on. You don't have a puppy behind you. Don't use them as the brunt of jokes to get a laugh with the guys. Honor them. Don't gripe about them and complain about them and murmur about them. Thank God for your wife. Someone has said, be to her virtues very kind, be to her faults 
very blind. Now, I want you to look at the text again. Treat them as the weaker partner. In part, what that means is this. When your wife married you, she willingly put herself in the place of submission. And there she is in a more vulnerable place than you are. Because that's the order that God put. Now, it does refer to physical strength, for sure. Most men are stronger than their wives, physically. But it also refers to something else. Don't treat your wife like a bucket that you throw in the garage or under the sink. Treat her like a beautiful vase that has great value and that you protect. That's what he is saying. Treat your spouse with respect, with honor, a sense of accountability to God. It becomes real easy for women to submit when their husbands take the lead in loving their wives. You know, men are commanded to love their wives. Women are commanded to respect their husbands. And when a woman feels secure, it's easy for her to follow the leadership of her husband. And that's what he's getting at. Now, this jumps out at me when I think of marriage. Marriage is a partnership before God. Look at the text again. Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as a weaker partner, as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. When you said, I do, and you became a couple, you became one. And God sees you as one. It's a partnership. You together will stand before God to give account of how you raised your children. You together will stand before God to give account of the stewardship of the resources God has blessed you with. It is a partnership where you journey together through life. See, God sees it like a company. You're partners together. Joined soul with soul, heart with heart, flesh with flesh. And that partnership, you stand before God and you're accountable for one another. Heard a pastor who had a dream. In his dream, he stood before God and he had been pursuing God passionately. In that dream, God came to him and said, you've grown spiritually. You're doing well. I'm pleased with you. And he was very happy. But then suddenly God showed him his wife. And she was withering. And she was not growing spiritually. And he realized that he had failed to nurture her spiritually. Husbands, you're to encourage your wife to grow in her relationship with God. To develop spiritually. To pursue the Lord. And that's what Peter is saying. It's a partnership. Now, again, I love the text because it speaks so powerfully to us. Just reading it right out of the Bible. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate or dwell with understanding. 
with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Notice they're partners. They're equals. You have different roles, but you're equals. So the woman's not way down here, and the man's way up here. And remember, Peter is writing this in the culture that this is revolutionary. This is so different from what they were accustomed to thinking. It says, heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. That's what it is. It's an incredible gift of life. There's a quote by Ann Sanders as I bring the message to a close. All married couples should learn the art of the battle as they should learn the art of making love. A good battle is objective and honest and healthy and constructive. In any partnership, in any relationship where you have two imperfect people, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to see things different. You're going to feel about things differently. In those places, you have to willingly work together and learn, learn to compromise. Learn that sometimes your wife has greater wisdom than you in a certain area. Sometimes your husband has greater wisdom in a certain area. There's this equality that the Bible talks about. And so as we're looking at the biblical text, I just want to encourage you to say, Lord, I want to have a biblical marriage. I want to live out the scripture. And I want to trust God to help us in that relationship. Notice what it says, men. If we don't do the right thing, guess what? How does he end? What's the message to us? God may not hear your prayers. Men love to be busy, go here, do this, do that. When our wives married us, what they wanted from us is us. They wanted to sit down and talk. And I know that sometimes, as guys, we feel like we're all talked out. But he says, dwell with your wife with understanding and the ability sometimes just listen and listen and listen you know what I mean and and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way I'm saying that in a real way because we could be so busy running and doing and running and doing and running and doing all of us that we forget that it's important for us as Peter says dwell with them with understanding now Peter gave us an example Women need the words. Guys, we don't get so many words. But to be able to listen and to be able to recognize that God has a plan for for your marriage. And if you'll listen to him, you won't have a perfect marriage. They don't exist. And they never will. But you can have a good marriage if you follow what he says. We hope you've been blessed by the teaching of Dr. Edward Jones in the book of 1 Peter and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. 
Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Get to know the wonderful people behind Building in Faith and learn what we believe as a church and desire to share with everyone who listens. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all encouraged in God's Word and are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. If you are in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.